there. Welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. And it's Leicester this weekend after two, well, one loss, uh, one draw and no shots on target. Uh, hopefully we can uh, put that right against Leicester and get ourselves back in the top four race. We've got Leicester and Spurs fans. And based in the chat with the amount of abuse that Spurs fans will get, and you will notice it's Spurs three, Leicester two on this podcast, which is very apt considering what happened earlier in the season. But uh, uh, let me get you through the guests. Uh, Sean from Spurs Talk Show. How you doing, buddy? Good, mate. Yeah, good. Thank you for inviting me on. It's nice to make oh, a debut no on, your, on your channel. Uh, pleasure to have all of you on. Tommy, you'll know who's been on loads of times before. How are you doing, Tommy? Good, man. Good. I'm confident. I'm confident we can get a shot on target this weekend. I'm confident. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can't, uh, you can't have three games in a row. And then the Leicester fans, Chris, who's been on here before. How are you doing, Chris? How do, mate? I'm good. How are you? And I, I'm confident you have a shot on target as well. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Brad. How are you doing, Brad? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank, um, thanks for having me on. It's uh, oh, no good problem. to be on here. And, and like Chris, I'm also confident you'll have a, a shot on target and probably score goals. If you play Kane, it's a guarantee. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get on to him later. Thanks to all, all four of these guys for coming on. Really appreciate it. Welcome anytime. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, please hit the like. Please hit the subscribe. Really helps the channel. Also hit that notification bell. You'll get notified when we're about to go live. And also, uh, all everyone here has a YouTube channel as well. So you'll find that in the description. But at the end, they'll let you know where they can find that. So... Let's crack on. So, uh, Sean, I'll start with you with the Spurs front. Uh, are we back in the? Well, we're not. We're still in the top four race, but we've kind of lost ground a little bit. Is this imperative that we win this game, or if Arsenal lose and we lose, is it not a huge deal? Or, or I mean, for you, do we have to win this game to get back in that top four race? Um, I, I, I personally still think there'll be more twists and turns left that will surprise to the upside and the downside for both Tottenham and Arsenal before the season's out. So I would say that if we don't win, it will, it's hanging by a thread, but I still think there'll be things that will happen. Like I think Arsenal are going to have a real problem against Newcastle. Uh, I think they could have a real problem against Everton last game of the season. Essentially what I just want us to be still in it mathematically by the time the North London derby comes around. And then obviously we're going to have to win there. And then, um, and then if that happens and you're still still winning in the last two games of the season, then I think I think Spurs will have the upper hand. But yeah, to be honest, like I say, three points are not a must-must, but they're as close to being a must as possible. If, if we don't win, I'm going to be really, really uh, fearful of our chances. Yeah, and Tommy, for you, uh, obviously two pretty terrible games. Uh, is this a chance to really bounce back? And and, and uh, against a team that we'll talk about Kane later on, who, who historically Kane scores against. Uh, slightly annoying as well with Chelsea, how they dropped points yesterday. If we'd have beaten both uh, Brighton and Brentford, we'd be three points behind them. Same games. And then it's a top three race as well. So we've completely lost ground on there. But I mean, this is a chance to stop the rot of those terrible. And <laughs> like we were mentioning backstage, uh, getting a shot on target in a game for for, for once. Uh, but is this imperative for you? I'm going to take the uh, banner off because it's covering your face. Uh, <laughs> if I take my if I take my Spurs hat off, I'm not actually wearing a hat today for the first time in about two months, <laughs> but if I, if I was to take my Spurs hat off and, and look at the table, look at the top four race, you've got to look at it. And, uh, you know, the game, the game after Leicester, we've got Liverpool way. And Liverpool are fighting for the title. So that's if it was at I'm, home, it'd be a slightly different matter. But at Anfield, I'm strangely it's... confident for the Anfield game. I don't know why, Same. but then, it, you know, that's very strange. That's very strange then. <laughs> but, um, 
I've been called where, so I'll take that. But I will say, no, no but uh, I didn't say you're strange. I said, yeah, you're a prediction strange. But, um, so basically, yeah, I think that's going to be tricky. You know, we drew against Liverpool earlier on in the season, but it's at home, Anfield. They're, uh, they're, you know, they're ridiculous at Anfield. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, if we don't win, if we don't win against Leicester, it, it's going to be very, very difficult. But as I've said for the last six weeks, the North London derby. No, it's all about the North London derby. Uh, if we, whoever wins that game, for me, is going to finish above the other. So, um, if it's a draw, you know, it's, it's, it's still uh, it could go down to the wire. Um, and even if we win, it will go down to the wire. But I, I do believe if we win the North London derby, we will get four. So um, yeah, there's a lot riding on it. And this game, this game on Sunday is, is huge, absolutely huge. And am I correct? Is Vardy back? Is Vardy back? Yeah, he is. Oh, he usually scores against us as well. So Kane usually exactly. scores against Leicester. Vardy usually scores against us. But uh, we'll talk about him a bit later. And uh, Chris, for Leicester, you're obviously in the Conference League. I think it was a semi-final yesterday, was it? The first leg? It was first leg, yeah. yeah. And you're banging that tie. Away goals have been scrapped, so it's level pegging still. So for Leicester... I mean, I'm assuming the Conference League is your focus, being that you're 10th, uh, is it, in the league? But yeah, obviously yeah. you want to do as well as you can. There's money involved with where you finish and it goes up quite dramatically, even from one place. But for you, what's your focus, the, the, the Premier League or the Conference League at the moment? As, as, a, as a fan, I obviously want to win every game. That goes without saying. But, yeah, um, it, you, know, you talk about Vardy coming back. We're going to see a lot of changes for this game. And I think that will show where Brendan's thoughts are going. We've had a bit of a bad run recently. We lost to Newcastle. We drew with Everton. We had a game like, like you've just had against Villa. And those three games have made the chance of us getting European football like that's that seventh place, which was it was a thin chance, but we, we could have been done if everything had gone our way. That's out the window now. So if we want to be in Europe next season, we've got to win the Conference League. And whilst I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm glad we're in it, but I don't think we should because we dropped out of the Europa League, and I'm never, I'm never happy with clubs that have fallen out of the league or the competition above drop into the one below. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be. We've got to go for, and the fact that we're going to have, you know, if we win it, we'll be the first name on that trophy. That's what we were hoping for earlier in the season, but obviously. Uh... That's not to be, but yeah, it'll be a huge, huge uh, uh, feather in the cap for, for whoever but wins you, that because it's the it's the first team who's ever won it. But do you think that Arsenal have done well this season? They've come back because they've not had sort of European football to, to worry about. You sort of have, have come in a way a little bit better since you've uh, not had European football. It's made it more of a level playing field because you're both just concentrating now on that fourth or even third place. Yeah, well, Conte said it's like uh, cup finals for us, which uh, we don't do well in them, so he should have said semis or quarters. But, um, uh, Brad, in terms of the uh, uh, Conference League, you're obviously taking that seriously against the Roma team who are going to be tough on Thursday. We've had uh, extra days off. Do you think that will take any effect in the game? Because we, we played West Ham just after they'd uh, won their quarterfinal and they were a shadow of themselves in that game and it was fairly easy for us in the end. So do you think that will be the case or do you think Brendan will completely change it and have completely fresh players and it will be fresh players versus fresh players? Uh, well, I think um, it will be not a complete rotation. He has an obsession with running Madison, Yuri and, and 
Dewsbury Hall into the ground, it seems. So I'm hoping at least two of them can take a rest for, for and be fit, fit and fresh for, for Thursday in the second leg in Italy. Because you, you maybe could forgive Dewsbury Hall thinking he's got an engine being a younger player. Not not say that Madison and Yuri aren't young, but he's fresh onto the scene. He's not been playing for the last two or three seasons. This is his first season, so he seems to be bags of energy. But it's actually, you know, I said this to Chris on, on our post match afterwards, it's actually kind of, we're spoiled for choice at the moment because we spent so long in the season throwing whoever can stick to the starting eleven and, and not walk out there with some form of injury. It's been a blessing. So we're actually richly able to actually rotate a squad for, for the last couple of games. So I imagine a bit of a change to the back line. Castagne um, news is less concerning because apparently he, he lost his vision for for a couple of minutes and with what happened at the Euros, he didn't want to risk. So whether he'll get a chance to feature again, because obviously he only, he only played 10, 10, 15 minutes last night because of that. Um, so, yeah, I can imagine a change, but it's nice to know that we're making a change that will be like for like in terms of personnel, uh, personnel and, and, what, and what they've been able to do for us this season. We're not scraping the barrel and, and you know, putting out uh, a youngster who's not quite ready for a Premier League start yet and forcing him into a game against against you on Sunday. Uh, uh, it's Sunday, isn't it, we play you? Yeah, yeah two o'clock. Just making sure I cut my days right. There's so many different kick-off times <laughs> of day these days. I, 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 I was actually thought it was a myth when we played Villa at three o'clock on a Saturday, to be honest with you. This yeah. was supposed to be a three o'clock Saturday game, and then obviously because you won in your court final, it then got moved. Yeah. So oh, all right. So they are, they are actually a thing, these three o'clock kick-offs. They still do happen. <laughs> We haven't had but one yeah. since 2019, I think it is, or something silly like that. So, yeah, we don't know what they are anymore. But Yeah, God. But, yeah, um, kind of touching on what Chris said there about the Europa League spots not being up for grabs for Leicester. There's still an out, outside chance, but I kind of agree with Chris. And it's kind of frustrating in a way, because the way we had the energy for the Roma game, and obviously that was having a fit of fresher eleven. You just look at the results that we've let drop, like yourselves being similarly frustrated. If you look at how Chelsea, not well, not Chelsea, but Man United, Arsenal, and you, uh, have been dropping points, and and you look at that league table, West Ham most notably, you, like you said, suffering when they play after they play the European games, they're suffering in the league. You're just thinking, have we managed to get four or five points more from them three games? We could still be looking at our games and I'm thinking we could do it on both fronts. But as a fan, I think now we have to kind of take the club's mentor and our eggs are in one basket. Spurs is now a free hit. It's something I never thought I'd say about playing Spurs because it really it is a free hit playing Spurs. Um, you know, even last season, last game of the season, it wasn't a free hit. We was fighting for, for fourth and you, you helped bugger that up. Thanks for that. Um, but uh, um, yeah, this time it's it's weird to see the Spurs game and have fans maybe looking at it in a different light of going, that's a free hit because we're, we're, we're more focused on Roma. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting because you've got players there who want to be playing in that semi-final and if you've progressed there at the final. Uh, so it'd be very interesting. A couple of comments from Simply Ace here. How are you doing, buddy? Thanks for the comments. Uh, it's a big game for Spurs, but if we lose, then for me, it's very unlikely we'll get into the top four. Team mentality is weak and takes time to recover from bad results. He also goes on to say, if Leicester take it seriously, they'll beat us and unlike us, know how to get over the line. I mean, Sean, do, do you think that's an issue with the 
the mentality here. I thought against Villa, we had a change of, it looked like we had a change of mentality completely under the cosh and managed to ride that out and then go and kill the game off. And then against Brighton, it was the complete opposite. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's a mentality thing, Chris. I think it's, um, a, well, I guess you would call this under the category of mentality. I think it's a confidence in the formation with the current players that we have available. I think that the losing Doherty is just insane how three months ago, everyone, I say this quite often, but we winced at the idea of having him in the team. And now we wince at the idea of him not being in the team. Like what a yeah. turnaround that guy's season's had. But not just for him, his own personal performances, but I think the relationships he built with, uh, with Kulisevsky very quickly and with Hoiberg. And with Romero, all of that synergies, it, it, it bred and it kind of it bled confidence through the team. Losing him and having to put Emerson in who, you know, I don't like to criticise players that are in their first season that come to a place that A, are playing not in the position they were bought to play. Hmm. B, don't speak the language. C, you know, first time in the Premier League, all of the variables that you could defend his performances with. But he just, for me, unfortunately, looks like he's, a, you know, a rabbit in the headlights. He's clueless. And of course... Not only does that take away our confidence when we have the ball, but it also pulls people out of position when we don't have the ball. The other teams will attack down that side. And it has this kind of cascading effect of, of impact, negative impact on our abilities in the game. And I just think that with the Villa game, what we did differently was we, we had a plan B. We decided to go long. If we couldn't go through the midfield, we decided to, you know, to go over the top of it, which isn't something you would usually see from a Tottenham team to go direct like that. But since then, we haven't had a plan B. And I've been crying out on all the channels I go on for this Sunday, regardless of what Leicester side put, come out, regardless of how tired they are, I am desperate for us to do something different. Whether that is, you know, tweak the formation and, and bring Kane deep again because he suddenly decided to stay up front. Whether that's to flip Emerson, get him out of the team altogether and, and go to, you know, Kulisevsky or put, put Sessignon at an inverted right back and then change Kulisevsky out because you can't have two le left-footed players on the right-hand side, whatever. There's there's eight different options you, we could take. You could even argue going to a back four. I think that's the least likely of the options and then play Emerson and Regalon in their preferred positions at fullback. But what, whatever choice, whichever option he wants to take, just take one because for the last two games, you know, what is the definition of insanity? It's, it's doing the same thing over again and, and expecting a different result. And we can't play, you know, teams are, we're becoming predictable. Teams know... If the forward players close the channels and the midfield press, then our play from the back is slow, sloppy, and 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 it's uh, and it, it just breaks everything down. So for me, uh, I don't think it's about mentality. Sorry, I've been on a rant here. Sorry, I'll stop now. It's I don't, I don't I don't I don't think it's about mentality so much. I think it's about confidence. And I think it's about needing us to to change something, do something different, and we can talk about what those options are. I guess as yeah. the show. Goes I mean, on. with with Kane, it'd be interesting to get your view. I know Tommy's view on this. Speaking to him quite uh, a lot on streams. For me, we're lacking a playmaker. Our only playmaker is our striker. And when he comes deep, everybody knows that. So Brentford did a job on him. Brighton did a job on him. Uh, Villa went and attacked us. So it gives him space. That's why I'm I'm confident about the Liverpool game, because they'll attack us. Yeah. Leicester, yeah. again, will attack us and hopefully give him that space. Whereas those other two teams that I mentioned sat back and it was all the counter-attack. But they always had that shape of blocking out that midfield to stop him coming deep. So... I, I think Ericsson will come back in the summer. It works for Levy because he's free. But that will obviously help our, our playmaker situation and allow Kane to stay up top. But, yeah, it, I mean, 
Yeah, kind of. What I, do we do? I, I, if, I don't if, mind if, if Kane comes deep, Leicester pack out that midfield. Kane coming deep doesn't work. Yeah. Do we have the players to try something <laughs> different? Because for me, Kane yeah, is the have, only yeah. one who can play as a kind of playmaker. I think Kulusevski could 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 come central. I even think you could make the case for Lucas Moura to come in and play in a ten role. I think there, there's there's plenty. Of, I don't want to see Lucas Moura on the right. He goes missing when he's on the on the on the wing. But when he's in the number ten role, he can get the ball and drive and win free kicks and and yellow cards. And if if you do get an early yellow card in a team that does the press or that packs the midfield, it completely changes the game. Just like what happened to us when we played against Brighton and Bensoncourt got a yellow card in the first like eight minutes of the game. Like it spoiled the entire process and 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 the tactical strategy that we tried to implement. So. I take your point that if Kane comes deep, they they pack the midfield and, and they seem to suffocate him a little bit more. But you know, you don't have to have a formation that that is stacked like it's stale and 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 is consistent throughout the half and then wait until half time to change things. Mm. You can have like, I don't know, just like just have if Conte puts his finger up, then we're doing formation one. If he does that, it means we go to to plan B. If he does that, it's plan plan C. Whether that's going long, whether that is moving into a four. At the back, maybe, maybe you know four two three one, whatever whatever it is, like you know, th- and there are there's ten different strategies that you can that you can use the squad we have to play. But if you if you are predictable, which is what we've become, and you, I saw Christian Eriksen's comments. I don't know if you've got them. I've got them somewhere. But he basically said, "I know Conte. I know I know Tottenham. I I told the team what they would do. We practiced it all week, and they did exactly what what uh, what we expected them to do." Like you've got to keep people guessing. You've got to have an ace up your sleeve. And we don't at the moment. So I'm crying out. If we see the same 3-4-3 formation on Sunday at 2 o'clock and it's got Emerson on the right and the only change is whether it's Regulon or Cessna on the left, I will lose my mind, Chris. I'll, I'll be so frustrated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tommy, what do you think? Uh, uh, I mean, we are completely predictable. I completely agree with Sean. And for me, that's just because our game is get Kane deep and he sprays the ball out. Uh if teams close that off like Brentford and Brighton did, each defend against us. And, and from what Sean said there about Christian Eriksen, <laughs> I'm surprised every team doesn't do that and pack out that midfield. I, I don't even think Brentford done that, to be honest with you. Uh, I think we lost momentum in the Brighton game where Basuma exactly that. He'd done a job on Harry Kane. He took him out of the game. Um I don't think we, n- nobody really focused on Harry Kane in that game. We were just Brentford were on a good run and they were the better team. They deserved they should have won. To be quite honest with you, that Tony, uh, that Tony header in the last minute that should have you know I thought that was in. To be I thought the Kane goal was in as well actually that Pele at the end I thought that was in. So uh, yeah, the, the game could have turned out very different. Um, I I don't think unless Conte goes to a four, I don't see there being too many options. It changes. If you go to a four, everything changes. Everything changes. Um, You can put Kulisewski in a number 10. You you will be playing with a number 10. You played a 4-2-3-1. So you will be naturally playing with a number 10. Or Lucas, as you say, Lucas is a number 10 now. Even when he plays on the right wing, he's a number 10. He comes, he does all his work through the centre. And sometimes, you know, he's a a bit of a headless chicken. He doesn't know what he's doing. But yeah. that's good unpredictable, though, he, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if he doesn't, if he doesn't know what he's doing, the opposition <laughs> certainly don't know what he's doing. The opposition exactly. certainly don't know what he's doing. So exactly. he can he can make things happen. He can he can you know he's got a lot of detractors, Lucas. But I felt uh, you know the first half of the season he was Great. he was good, man. He was you can't you can't set up against Lucas. You don't know what he's going to do. As we said, he's a bit of a 
bit of a loose cannon, but he, he needs does, a bit of a free roll. He needs a bit of a free roll. The, the, I think the reason that Kulisevsky has been so good on the right is that his discipline is there to go forward and track back and help out what is our weak link or one of our weak links in that, that fullback quest. Lucas doesn't do that. He drifts and, and there's no tracking back. And then that right back is then exposed. Yeah, I mean, simply Ace puts it here, uh, you know, it brings up the wing back situation, and that's where we don't really have a choice yeah. now with Doherty injured. Yeah. With Doherty injured, we I'll read that out really for the uh, podcast listeners. What worries me the most is our wing backs creating nothing in our central defensive areas, with exception of Romero getting exposed. If Madison and Varney, Varney play, we are in big trouble. We'll come to those when we play against good tomorrow. strikers. When we play against good strikers, we are in deep, deep trouble. We are. Um, but, yeah, the wing-back situation, we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. Emerson, is, Emerson can play right wing-back. There are a few other... You could put Bergwijn there. I want Bergwijn to play after what he'd done to Leicester in the last game, two goals in two minutes. I'd like Bergwijn to start, to be honest with you. What but, about Sessegnon, um, Tommy? Would you put Sessegnon as the inverted right wing-back? Oh, I've heard I've heard this. I've heard this quite a lot, put Sessegnon there. I don't think Sessegnon's even a left wing-back. So I think he, well, we signed him as a left winger. We signed him as a left winger, yeah, so yeah, I certainly yeah, yeah. wouldn't be putting him as a right winger. I would, you know, I would look at Bergwijn. I would look at Bergwijn. He's got the same sort of build as Victor Moses, who went from right winger to right wing back. Big guy. This is why I don't like Sess and Reggie even. At, at he's also not, not, he's not dreadful at, ta- at, at getting back as well, Berg. When Bergwijn does come on mm. and he's had more than three minutes, he does get back. He does try and, and people say he's fat. People say he's fat. He's not. He's got big shoulders. He can, you know, he can uh, he can look after himself. He can certainly look after himself. One of the biggest problems, one of the biggest issues, is one that doesn't get talked about a lot, is the defense. Even when we was on a four-game winning run, I said that if we're gonna if we're gonna lose, it's gonna be down to the defense, not just the wing backs, but the centre backs. When Dyer plays, when Dyer plays, we're ultra, ultra, ultra deep, right? Which is fine, which is fine when you're winning. But when you go in behind with Dyer in the team, it's very, very difficult to come back because where he's ultra deep, the rest of the team have to be deep. The centre mids have to be deeper to collect the ball off the centre backs. Uh, the three pronged attack have to be deeper to collect the ball from the centre mids. Uh, so it's fine when it's nil nil when you're winning. When we score that first goal with Dyer in the team, we can win two, three, four, as we have done. But if we don't, we get these situations where there's no shot on target. Uh, you know, we lost one nil to Burnley within there. No shot on target in the last two games, no goal scored. Um, we saw against Leicester our best attacking uh, performance of the season for me. Dyer wasn't playing. Dyer wasn't playing. We can't get back into games with uh, an ultra deep centre back. It's all we have right now. But this is the problem. The defence. It's not just about conceding goals. It's about what they give us in attack. And it's it, the multiple it is a touches on the ball though as well. The different. If you watch the difference in the first half when Dyer got the ball, you know I, I was doing the commentary on We Are Tottenham TV and it was mind numbing. Because it was literally just Dyer gets the ball, two touches, three touches, passes it to Romero, comes back, three touches, passes it to, to Davies, comes back, three, four touches. And in the second half, in that 15-minute spell at the start of the second half, when we looked a bit busier, he went from three, four touches on the ball to one touch pass, one touch pass. If Dyer gets in this mindset where, you know, and it's not just his fault because it's obviously the movement of the players in front of him. If they're not making the movements and it's not easy to find a pass. But if, it's, if he's taking more than one touch on the ball, before he passes it, everything slows down. And to Tommy's point, you're right, Tommy. Like with our system, when you play out from the back, the effect, the, the, the attacks start from Dyer generally. And so, if he's taking those one or two touches before, or two or three touches before he passes the ball, 
nothing happens. It's so unbelievably mind-numbing to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's the deepest, so he will get more time in the ball. He will absolutely get more time in the ball. Because most, most teams only play with one striker, so it's very difficult to press three centre-backs when they're playing three at the back. Dyer being the deepest, he can, he can ping the balls about. Because he's been passing better, it's not because he's a par great passer, it's because he has had a lot of time yeah. um, to, to do so. I, I always go in on Dyer. But it's not just him. We've got, we got full-backs. We've got full-backs playing centre-back. You know, Davis is very good, but Davis has been, I think he's been pretty good at left centre-back, but he is a left centre-back. Uh, Tanganga has been playing right-back for us. So he's a right centre-back. So they can't play in the centre. They can't play in Dyer's position. Nobody can. Davis and, the, Davis and Sanchez and Rodon are far too aggressive to play as the middle centre-back. So is Romero. And Romero's already a right centre-back. So it's like, if Golini's on your goalkeeper in the squad, say Lloris gets injured, you're going to say, go and go. Doesn't mean he's a good goalkeeper or even an average one. He's the only one that can do. He's the only one that can do it. So yeah, the same. It's, it's the same. It's the same in this situation. So it starts from defence. We need creativity from wing backs. We struggle. What can we change in centre mid? We've skipped injured and winked. Nothing. What can we change? Nothing. We can't well. change anything, and that's a big problem. And that's where Chris, yeah, a great creativity. If Kane doesn't drop deep and 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 give us that creativity, we're, we're struggling. We don't have the options in centre midfield. We don't have the options at wing back. So. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to stay it's hard to stay positive. I, I don't really see how we can change things, to be honest. I'm also really worried about just quickly. I don't probably move on to the lesser stuff, but I, I, uh, I'm really worried about James Justin. I think he's someone that is it. It's James Justin, isn't it? James Justin. Yeah, yeah. I think I watched him last night in the highlights, and I've seen him you know a dozen times this season. He's not someone that you'd think of naturally when you're looking at who are the danger men in the Leicester team, but he's so he's so dangerous when he when he drops in. And what he can do, I, I really fear fear for him. I fear for uh, for our um, our midfielders and our left side when uh, when he gets on the ball, he can really you know create some magic from deep. So, um, yeah, very good player. I just want to touch on that because the Leicester boys. I've done quite a few streams with the Leicester boys uh, down here, and when they sold Chilwell last season, he was the replacement basically, wasn't he? He came in as the the natural replacement, and every you go crazy about him like this guy's better than Chilwell. Da, 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 da. And he got that unfortunate injury, so he is he is very good. You have got Fofana back now. Vardy, I, think, I, I didn't see Fofana picked up another injury or something because I, I see him no, on the bench. Yeah. No, he played last night. Phenomenal last night, to be fair to you. I mean, if mm. you're, you're talking in contrast to Di just sitting there having a few touches and then making a pass, Fofana, I mean, you'd have to watch it and double take to make sure he didn't dribble it 15 yards <laughs> forward. But the guy, I mean, Roma played obviously very deep and I'm assuming Spurs won't play that deep, ready to counter-attack football. But if you give Fafana 15 yards, he'll knock the ball 20 yards forward and get onto it before the ball's even reached the mark. In fact, at one point, I was expecting him to be stood in front of the ball waiting. The guy's electric and he's so quick. Uh, he, he, he's unreal. So, I mean, you've got that fluidity throughout our defence, which is something I'm hoping that we can continue, at, well, start to really progress now because we've finally got them fit and on the field week in, week out. You know, touch wood, no injuries or anything. But that's something that, that that's going to frighten a lot of teams going forward with Leicester. Our, our ability to to play out the back because we, we were restricted. When we had Vestergaard in, our, our, our Eric Dyer, if you will, it was a bit of a long, bit of a static man was there to hoof the ball or pass it. When we've got this free-flowing thing, it won't be none of this silly pass it to the wing-back, pass it to the keeper, pass it to the middle man, pass it to the keeper. None of that silly playing around at the back. We're talking about a potential back line, and especially if you've got 
Castagne or Ricardo on that right-hand side, who's just as quick and, and, and able to go like Justin on left, you've essentially got three of the back line of four that can get Leicester into the midfield before the midfield players like Madison, Dewsbury Hall and Yuri are even considered involved in the game, if you know what I mean. If we're getting that ball to the halfway line with our defence and, you, and you're worried about Barnes, Lutman, Vardy, Madison, we're going to cause teams a lot of troubles going forward doing that over, over the next coming games. Because what we just drive put- it out so well. What do you guys put your struggles this season down to? Because when I look at your team and your squad, obviously everyone recognises the amazing ability of your scouting network to go and find gems for relatively small sums of money. But you've got talent throughout the team and you've got talent on the bench that can come off and do a job as well. And yet, obviously, this season you've struggled. The first half of the season, you guys were, you know, sort of like lower mid-table. Like what, what was, What's happened you know, for you guys to <laughs> only be a mid-table outfit this year? We we've had over twenty five injuries this season. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Players. Yeah. We've, we've had nine defenders injured at some point. Wow. Um, uh, Vestergaard was mentioned by Brad earlier. He came in, and as Brad has often said, he wasn't. You know, he was like a stopgap because Fiona, uh, Fiona, Fafana got injured. <laughs> <laughs> Hit down, down Fiona. That's why he's um, called him a bad after a bad performance, is it? <laughs> you can improve. You can improve. I tell you. Um, she's a bit like Roma players. She goes down very easily. Boom, boom. But um, yeah, I mean, there was times. There was times our defenders didn't know who they were going to be playing with that that weekend. You know, uh, Brendan's team talk. Would you go to the change room saying, right, who's fit? <clears throat> And depending on the number of hands that go up, he'd say, oh, I'm going to have three at the back, I'm going to have four. Yeah. It, it, it's been really bad. And if we get, and I was, I looked at a poll the other night on, on a show and it was saying, like, who would be manager of the season? And I'm not saying that Brendan would be manager of the season, but if he gets us top 10 and put to the final of the, you know, the European competition this season, he will have done with everything that's gone on. And he's never come out and blamed the injuries. But yeah. with everything that's gone on, if he does that, he's had a bloody good season. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, you, you I noticed the two two players that you mentioned in that you were worried about from us, Fafana and Justin. I don't see either of them playing tomorrow. Oh right, Vest, vested. You mean for the uh, Thursday yeah. game? Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be so on you, and like it probably even yeah. Luke Thomas that would come yeah. into that game because he's not played in a while. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, that's good news. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Luke Thomas, uh, Soyuncu, and Amati, and then Piera on the other side. I like Soyuncu. He's a good player. I like yeah. him. I mean, again, Brad, we, we never. We, <laughs> it's hard to pick a left. He looks about. He looks about forty-five, doesn't doesn't he? <laughs> I think he's only he's only yeah. twenty-three or something, isn't he? Twenty-three. Yeah. Yeah. You t- you tell him that to his face, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Apparently, he can, apparently, he gives a handshake in the attempt to cause your pain. Some of the players said that he has a significant smirk on his face when he shakes down. I'm half Turkish, so I might get away with it. I'm half Turkish. A couple of comments here before we move on. Daryl Denton regarding us being exposed at the back. We've been exposed for uh, the last four years. Sometimes you've got to hold up your hands up on losses. And a few more comments here. Uh, sorry, Sean, it's your turn this time. Beautiful people on the screen. Big up, big up. Hi to Sean too. Beard's looking on point, by the way. He's also said, with all due respect, couldn't give two hoots what team Leicester put out. It's all about us. And if we show up, three much needed points are a must. That's the objective, regards of lineup. And Darrell, uh, 
I don't think any players playing tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I, I'm assuming that means less the players that were playing on on Thursday. But uh, uh, Chris, in terms of you lining up and how you approach the game, uh, for me, you obviously watch a lot more Leicester games than I do. But for me, looking in, it seems like Leicester don't have it in their makeup to sit back uh, and do a job like Brentford and Brighton do, which for me gives me a bit of a positivity in the hope that you'll attack us. You'll probably score. But then that will mean that Kane will be allowed to to not have free reign in the midfield, but he'll have a lot more space than uh, Brighton and Brentford afforded him. Uh, how do you think you'll approach the game? Do you think it will be a sick kind of back kind of game? Or do you think it will go, this team are there for the taking, let's go score goals and win the game? I or, hope or not, because we, we never do very well if we sort of sit back and <laughs> try and, uh, you know, if we, if we won nil up and Brendan decides, well, you know, from the uh, 60th minute, we'll go defensive and try and hold on to the lead. Um, teams put two goals against, uh, past us in the uh, injury time. So, no, I hope, I hope it's not. Uh, whether, I don't think, again, another player, I don't know whether Vardy will start. I mean, that was his first game yesterday since he's back from injury. He's getting on a little bit. And again, do I want to see Vardy play you know 60 70 minutes tomorrow uh, on sunday and try and uh, and probably pick, possibly pick up an injury or redo his old injury or do I not want to see him on the pitch at all and know that he's going to be there for next thursday it's the second option for me uh, would you not want him to come on for I don't know a twenty minute cameo just to get his legs moving again and, and get some more fitness in it his depends, legs depends depends how the game is going um, and I think depending, we, we'll know the sort of game we're going to play, I think, when we look to see whether it's going to be Dakar or Inacho up front, because they're two completely different players, and we have different styles of play depending who's playing. Uh, if, I mean, if we're losing one or two nil, and Brad alluded to this earlier, are we got desperate for this win? We're still going to be sat in probably 10th or 9th. We, we're, we're not because they're going to... Make a late run now for the for the family, so it doesn't matter really. It doesn't matter, and it, it's almost really like Brad said. It's almost like a free hit. You beat us nine times out of ten anyway. Um, so why? Yeah, just let let the game go. If we lose, we lose, and let's look ahead to next Thursday. And how do, do you, you think? Know what? Do you know, do you know, can I just say one thing? Actually, that's a very good point in terms of. I would actually rather you do play Vardy for Fana. And, and James Justin, because we, we played West Ham a few weeks ago that after they played Lyon on a Thursday and they played their first team and they struggled. They really struggled, even like the Declan Rices uh, and the Antonios because they played three or four games before. Um, and we played well, don't get me wrong. It's one of our better performances over the last few months. We won 3-1. But that's like that. I'd actually rather you play those players, if I'm perfectly honest. But um, I tell you yeah, who we will we'll be playing. And I think Brad will, Brad will back me up here. Um KDH, Tillemans and Madison. <laughs> he doesn't he's not been dropping them and they are looking tired. And Tillemans, again, Brad will probably back me up on this. He's not he, being played in his best role. He's a brilliant um, player though, Tillemans. He worries me. Well, Madison always scores coming to Tottenham him. next year, isn't he? he worries me. <laughs> no, he's got ambition. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> which is why, which is why he's looking to leave us. That is also a dig at Michael for that. <laughs> as I always say, as I always say, if you get top four, you've got a good chance as anybody yeah. else of getting Tillemans. If you finish fifth or sixth, I don't think you'll get him. 
he's you, he's, you he's leaving until the end of the season to see which teams, and it might not even be an English team. You know, he's, he's got German options, um, Spanish, Italian. They've got those two teams after him why, as well. Why is he leaving though? Is it because he wants better, more money? Or I think he just, he's ambitious. He wants to play in the Champions League, Champions and League. we yeah. at the moment can't offer him that. And I understand that totally. And if he goes, I'll say thank you very much for all you've done. But you know, it's been twelve months we've been talking over a contract. The clues are there that maybe he's not going to sign it. <laughs> but he said he wants to wait till the end of the season because he wants to see who's in those Champions League places. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Man United is supposed to be interested. He's going to do Man United unless they suddenly have a good run and get into the Champions League. Well, that, that's not going to happen this season. I, I highly doubt. But I think Manchester United, you know, into like Tottenham need obviously like a massive rebuild in this summer. Regardless of where, whether we finish, it becomes easier to do the rebuild if we finish fourth versus finish fifth or sixth. But mm. um, you know, we, we're going to have to spend you know, 120 million of, of new money and probably another, if we can move other players on. But I've, I've been saying this on my channel I did last night. I think that the rebuild is going to become exponentially harder for Tottenham for two major reasons. And one of them is the fact that Manchester United are going to be going through a bigger rebuild and they've got a bottomless yeah. pit of money, you know, yeah. and I think they, that they, arguably they, they're, they're, also, they're a bigger draw, you know. They can also, I think, Man United attract players that we couldn't, even yeah. if they're not in the Champions League, because yeah. they're Man United. You're, you're, you've got the opportunity to drag a team uh, who are lower back to the former glories where they should belong. Biggest club and, and, and double your wages and double yeah. your wages. Yeah. Whereas we can't do that. We haven't got the history and the the kind of uh, yeah, not quite yeah, history of that. Whereas Man United, I think, can attract all sorts of players because they're Man United. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Agree. The one thing I do know, just just looking at some stats, if you're a betting man, you want to bet on a lot of goals this weekend. So just uh, so Sean said it, it there, it's nil nil, guaranteed. <laughs> in, the, in the last in the last six games that, that Leicester have played against Tottenham, Tottenham have won four, Leicester have won two, zero draws, twenty three goals uh, across those six games, and that's going back to two, like to October two thousand and nineteen. 3.83 goals on average per meeting. Yeah, right, that's nil-nil. Uh, this is nil-nil. Yeah, great. Right. Hold on. We just jinx next four <laughs> games to nil-nil. I, I don't think that God or fate is listening to me right now, so I think that there's probably other people talking about <laughs> I mean, it that have got a bit more influence. <laughs> I mean, Brad, what do you think of that? Nil-nil? I can't see it being nil-nil. And, and sir, the, the game earlier in the season, forget what happened in the last couple of minutes, but we had double the shots that you had and you still had 11. So it's a very, very open game. Yeah. And yeah, I can I only assume it will be an open game again unless you kind of change tact and go a bit more defensive, which I, I looking into Leicester as an outsider, I don't ever see you doing that. Yeah, I don't think it, you can. it's going to be afforded to be a nil-nil for, for, for two different reasons. Leicester, first of all, we, we'd like to be on the front foot. You know, we, we've... Another thing, just, just to quickly add on to what you said, maybe have been... The, the dodgy part of our season where it didn't quite click is we've come, we've kind of tried to progress from that counter-pressing side, which is still a part of our game, but we're now being that high-tempo side. Like I said, talking about for far on a drive and it's a halfway line, our defence holds a high line, which as we've seen, and as you benefited from, it, it has caused us issues at times, and we're still tweaking that, which is, which is nice to know that Brendan's not overhauling the plan B, but he's tweaking the plan B. But with that in mind, it just doesn't allow for us to see a nil-nil, really. In fact, I think 
some, uh, I think one of the commentators in our game against Villa stated that was only the fourth nil nil draw at the King Power in, in about two or three seasons. We, with wow. that, you know, I know obviously we're, we're at your ground, but that, you know, typifies you look at a team's home form and how, and that normally shows you how they're going to go about their business. And we're all about trying to press the occasion, get in your face early, try and get that early goal, which we've still been fairly good at. In, in, in parts of this season when, when, when we've been on a nice flow um, and again you're going to why, why it probably won't happen because of Spurs is your league position like you said you're desperate for the three points you're desperate to beat us you know you're, I can more, almost hear Kevin Keegan I'd love it I'd love it if we beat <laughs> you know <laughs> but and I think like you said the record's there so cue the most boringest nil nil ever now. That, 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 that. Well, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm a little bit more worried now. And not only that you said it, but also Tommy said it because I was watching Tommy stream before the Brentford game, and Spurs have only drawn three games or had only drawn three games all season. And I remember Tommy, yeah. I actually shouted you out on my own channel, mate, uh, for saying it after the game. I just on we are Tottenham TV. I shouted you out. Uh, you called the draw. You said, you know, it's uh, it, it, you know, it's been we haven't we haven't drawn and yeah. uh, Brentford haven't drawn. It's whatever, twenty blah, 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 games. Blah. 20 games, games going into that, wasn't it? You're like, so, yeah. I mean, wow. nailed, nailed on, 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 and the score will be yeah, Tottenham yeah. 7, Leicester 7. Uh, that's your game. Go watch it. <laughs> Daryl Denton's got three draws this weekend. United last night, which has got right. Us and Arsenal. Uh, he's also so said, Arsenal got West Ham, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. These are the games no teams like losing. Squeaky bum time. But, I mean, Sean, if we are to score a goal and against Leicester, it's usually this guy, Kane. Most go The most goals he's ever scored against Leicester, I think it's something like 17 or 18 or something silly. Uh, do you see him banging some one or more in tomorrow? I, I think he'll have a lot more chances yes. than he did against uh, <laughs> the last two games because, like I say, Leicester will open up. But do you see him not running yeah. the game but having a huge, huge say on this game? Uh, yeah, well, I do, uh, providing that we are... Like, it all depends on how Leicester set up. If Leicester take the approach that the uh, the other pardon the insult but other mid-table teams have done and gone we're going to set up to, <laughs> to, 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 play against, to play against Tottenham which is to suffocate the life out of the midfield to to send it you know to force us to play it down our flanks where we have no confidence etc then I think if we don't pivot if they do that and we don't pivot then I think that Harry Kane might again struggle if if we're going to score, it's going to come from Kane or Son. It will be how we how that happens determines or depends really, in my opinion, on Antonio Conte's appetite for a little bit of risk. And like I said, you know, I'm desperate to see something different. If we if I see the same formation and the only change is set, you know Regulon for Sessignon or vice versa, but it's the same three four three, I genuinely think we're gonna like. Yeah, yes, Leicester are a different outfit. Yes, Leicester probably will play a different team, a different formation, and a different, you know, aggressive uh, approach. I just want us to 
like wait and see, see how Leicester are playing. The first 10 minutes, if Leicester are set up to do what Brentford and Brighton have done, because they've got a, a somewhat second team out, because they're focusing again on the Roma game next Thursday, and they're going to play a little bit of a second a second string team, and therefore they'll, they'll take the draw. If they do all that, then we'll know that in the first 10 minutes. And if so, then we need to pivot. If they don't, if Leicester come out and play the way that we know Leicester should and could and can play very successfully, regardless of the team, and they're a bit more open, then I still think we can do the business with the 3-4-3. And I think Kane can either be... You know, uh, act as the number nine or act as the number ten. But I think we just have to be willing to make changes, adapt, be dynamic, and have a bit more flexibility than we otherwise do at the moment. It seems like we, wherever the wherever the strategy has been, it's before the game. It stays that way until halftime. You know, yeah, wait, and then at you... halftime we might change things. But I think that's always a little bit too little, too late. So I think Kane will score if we are going to score and and win. It will be because of Kane and Son that do it. But how we do it will depend on the flexibility of contact. Yeah, what do you think, Tommy? I mean, if Kane plays well, generally Kulisevsky's son make runs and then, you know, we get going. Uh, what Sean said there with Conte about the element of risk, I think that's what you said, something like that. But <laughs> 82 minutes against Brentford before an attacking substitution. 60 minutes, Davison Sanchez was our bloody saviour. Uh, don't understand it. And... and You've got to take a chance. There's an argument, obviously, that the players on the bench aren't good enough, but they're the one, they're the cards you've been dealt until the summer when you can potentially make a change. At least try something, and he didn't. Which, you know, so yeah. What, what, what do you think of tomorrow's game? We'll come to predictions at the end. Uh, but in I terms think... of Kane, do you think he'll he'll have a say in that game? Oh, absolutely. He, he, you know, he always has a say. If if you give the guy time, if you give the guy time, he's unbelievable. I mean, the best, you know, top uh, top goal scorer and assist maker last season. This season, I put I put a little poll out. I I put uh, on Twitter. I was like, who's the second best passer after De Bruyne um, in the Premier League? And the majority of neutral fans and Spurs fans were like, he, he's a better passer than De Bruyne. So I was like, okay, well, pretty useless poll. Um, but uh, yeah, his his passing is uh, his passing is is incredible. You give the guy time, and he releases Kulu and Son. He he just releases them almost every time. And they've you know we got their quality as well. So they've got to be in the right position. They've got to receive the ball well and finish off their chances, which they were doing. Especially Kulu, um, he's sort of disappeared the last two games, um, and 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 that's because Kane's disappeared. So it is it is so so key that um, that Kane gets on the ball and this um, wing back position. We keep coming back to it. Uh, yeah, we need to change it. If there's one thing we can change, it's Emerson Royal at right wing back, and we do need to do something there. Even if it is something as mad as putting Lucas there or Bergwijn, or I, I think it's a position we really, really. Would have you play Lavenier? Would you take the risk and put the the, youth, the, the young fella in or Piscotti? I think it's good. Is. I think if we weren't fighting for top four, if we were just fighting for say Europa League fifth and sixth place, and we were, you know, we were the favourites. Um, I'd say yes, but because it's Champions League, it's very, 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 very risky. Um, but he can't do much worse than Emerson, can you? Can't really? Be worse He's than Emerson. been that bad. He's <laughs> been that bad. Emerson, yeah. You know, you know, Leicester boys, you won't know how how bad this guy's been. And within the first month, I was looking at him and I thought, this guy can't defend. It doesn't matter if he can't well, speak he, English. You know, he couldn't. 25- he couldn't- 
he couldn't pass a five meter ball, could he, against well, Brentford? Which is just you can say confidence, you can say different position, but I mean that's just I get upset if I do that, and I pay five bloody pounds to play football. That's how bad I am, and I can play a five five yard pass. So for him not well, to be able to is just unforgivable. Every that player point. that comes in, every player that comes in a wing back is not going to be a natural wing back. Because nobody, 90% of the teams don't play wing-backs. So everyone has to adapt. You know, Reggie's going to have to adapt to left wing-back. Sessegnon's had to adapt from left winger to left wing-back. Um, the only natural one we had was Doherty, um, which is I'm glad he started getting first-team football because he played there for Wolves. They, they finished seventh twice. So he showed, he that, showed that, that didn't he? Just he, he obviously got a lot of flack earlier in the season, but he showed if you play him as wing-back... We get the Wolves, Matt Doherty, but a lot of people vote him off early doors because he was, like Sean said, playing as a a full-back when he's a wing-back. But when he's playing regularly as a wing-back, we showed what happened. And like Sean said, that you know, three months ago, saying we're going to be in trouble if Doherty goes out, people would have laughed at you. It's now. (laughs) We've got Emerson there who can't pass five yards. Things changed. I wouldn't even say three months ago. I'd say like six weeks ago, two months yeah. ago. Everyone was just like, this guy really? is the worst signing in history. You know, I was hearing that a lot from yeah. fellow streamers, from fellow yeah. streamers as well. I'll be who, honest. Who, who you know, would this you is play the on worst signing in history. Yeah. Who, who would you play on I'd put Bergwijn side. there. I'd honestly, because of the Leicester thing, I'd put Bergwijn there. I honestly would put Bergwijn there. It'd be silly not to start him. It'd be silly not to start him. But as I didn't even, Lavinia didn't cross my mind, to be honest with you. He didn't even cross my mind. And it's, a, it's an option. We need to get youth players in somehow. And as I said, you can't do much worse than Emerson. So, um, yeah, uh, I'd put him there. I'd probably put him on Bergwijn there for sure. I think Emerson needs to get his mind out of the game as well because nobody can be this bad of a footballer. Nobody can be this bad. So he's obviously, he's struggling. He's struggling mentally as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, we need creativity from those wing-back positions. I'd definitely put Session in front of Reggie. Reg, uh, Reggie in front of Session as well. Uh, Reg, they're both not great. But I think I think Conte will want to keep Sessegnon. I do. I think going into next season, talking about Reggie going, I think Conte likes Reggie. He li- I think he likes Reggie. I think he'll keep him about. And I, I would prefer to start him. Um, not to, we've been playing a lot of Saturday games recently, but no Sunday. Um, yeah, I prefer to see Reggie. Can you play? Can you play Emerson just for this game so our right side can have a bit of a field day? <laughs> Some people are saying right centre back. Some people are saying his future is right centre back. Like oh, we got a couple God. of comments about Emerson. We've got a couple of comments. Simply Ace, he's a non-league 10th division player in the Premier League, costs us 30 million. Mark Cousins asked what Stephen Carr's up to these I, days. I have, to, uh, I have to admit, guys, your Emerson Royale opinion of him is making me feel very, very harsh about my opinion on our 30 million player called Iosi Perry. I suddenly think he's a world-class player, Chris. I don't know about you. I'm going to clip that, Brad. I know you will, you yeah, but no, I'm surprised because obviously he came with a lot of expectation, didn't he, to you guys? Has he ever got anything right since he started playing for you, or has he just really been bad since day one? Like, is he preferably a wing back in the changing rooms? He ran quick, pretty quickly when he was substituted off. That was quite good. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the expectation is from the club that he came from. You hear Barcelona, you expect there's going to be an element of. You you also heard the the rumours from. I forget who it was. Was it the Barcelona director of football or someone in the someone said? 
Someone came out. I think and I know said, what you're going to say. Yeah, when Tottenham came to us and and paid yeah. and offered thirty million for. You always negotiate somehow, but when they saw the 25 million bid, they'll just, yeah, yeah, he could come good, he could come good. The, the Premier League has history of players who, who were terrible first couple of seasons and then came good, but. Oh, I don't see it. I don't. Well, see I think it, he, 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 I think generally speaking, like in his defence, take away the language, take away the first season, take away the fact that he's come to the Premier League for the Spanish League, all that stuff. He was bought as a right back. He was bought for a Nuno system, right? And this is the problem that Tottenham have. And I've been talking a lot about this. And Brian Daigle's always made this point going back since I joined the community back in December. And it's something that I, I, I completely agree with him on more and more every day. Is Tottenham have this, and this I think this is one of the foundational points of how he feels about Daniel Levy, is it's not that he doesn't back managers, it's that he backs managers like that are short term with short term vision, right? So it's like you're always so short sighted. Nuno comes in, we we go and spend money for him, and it was never going to work out. Nuno was a a paper, you know, coverer anyway, sort of covering over the cracks. And then Nuno comes. Uh, sorry, then Conte comes in and plays a completely different formation. So we've got a team with square, full of square pegs for round holes. And if Conte does, if there's any truth to the news about him going to Paris Saint Germain, and then the natural logical replacement be a swap deal for Pochettino, then people like Emerson might do better under a Pochettino system because he plays a back four, right? But you know what will happen is we'll go and spend 125 million quid this summer for Conte. He'll go and buy his players in. It won't be enough to satisfy him. He'll go to Paris anyway. Pochettino comes in, and then we've got our, we spent 130 million pound players to play a three-four-three system that Pochettino won't play. And so I feel like, not to get off the topic, but people like Emerson, maybe you don't sell him until you know if Conte is going to come uh, until until Conte is going to stay. And if he doesn't stay then you don't go and buy a Pochettino if you've just gone, gone and bought a bunch of players for a 3-4-3 wing-back system. You make sure that the next manager follows the same philosophy, follows the same formation, so that you can have a little bit of continuity with the players that you're signing. And it's not something you could throw at Tottenham generally. When you look at from Poch to um, to, to Mourinho to um, to Nuno yeah. and now to, and now to, to Conte, we flip-flop with the not just the philosophy philosophy of football but also with the formation and so we always have a play we always have a legacy of players that were bought for a previous manager that don't fit in the current manager's system there's plenty of teams like that Manchester United you know Arsenal until kind of it's kind of settled down but I mean like you say Emerson could 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 find his rhythm in a different manager's team but Ryan McFarlane says he should be left at the training ground never mind the change <laughs> and simply ace I know wing backs full backs not the same position but full backs still need to get forward unless I'm wrong yeah it, true. it's not like true. going from true. a goalkeeper to a forward but it is slightly different um it's true yeah but but Chris in terms of uh Leicester obviously I, I put these two as uh, your particular danger men but you, you possibly won't be playing but this guy as well I think has had a good first season but compared to how much you paid for him you didn't pay that much but he's young as well and that's Daka. I'm a big fan of this guy, and he could cause us a lot of problems. I mean, what have you made of his first season with you, and, and where can he go from here? <laughs> he, he can be good. Look, we know this guy is good. He, he won the league 
um, uh, at Salzburg. He scored four for us against uh, Moscow in the uh, Europa League. Uh, we know that there's a talent in there, but he's just got to be given the time. And I've said this to, to Brad many times. You know, I, I've moved all around the country with my job, and it's difficult going from one town to another, settling in, making new friends, it's, uh, 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 and, uh, and getting on with it. These guys are coming from another country, and they've got only got that to do, but they've also got to adapt to a different style of play because the Premier League is different to, to, to most of the countries. Now, some players, they take to it like a duck to water. Fafana, you know, he was thrown in at the deep end because of defensive problems and, and injuries. <laughs> you know, look at him. He's absolutely, you know, uh, nailed it. Uh, Dakar... He's just going to take a bit of time to get used to it. I mean, we're going to see, I think, over the next season, we're going to see sort of maybe Vardy's role getting a bit less and a bit less and a bit less because he's older, he's more susceptible to injuries. And Dakar's time will be getting sort of bigger and bigger and bigger as he gets used to the game and uh, and the way that Brendan wants him to play. Brendan's got the faith in him. He, you know, he's come out and backed him. Um, I just... I, I can see Vardy's role becoming eventually like the super sub. You know, if you're if you're back four are playing us and it's nil-nil and you we've you know say say you know, we, we've been battering you and then with 20 minutes to go you suddenly see Vardy's coming on. I mean, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, <laughs> you'd be like, yeah. So I personally, for me, in my opinion, that's I think is how it will, will go. So I think, still think he's got us a few years in him, but Dakar is an exciting prospect, and I just hope he's given time. Because uh, some players sort of aren't given time. I, I remember saying exactly the same about Musa, and then he was never played to to, to the right position, and uh, and he he went he went uh, went away. But no, yeah, I I, I like Dakar. Yeah, what were your thoughts on Dakar, Brad? First season. Yeah, I actually think he's done quite well. Yeah, again, like Chris says, you know, especially in that striker role, or if you're a midfielder that's played in like number ten. You look at him as a, as, a, as a player and you look at his build and you think it's the one thing you notice straight away he's going to struggle with is the build of the premiership, the physicality of it. And he's he is showing that. But the one thing that's probably better for him this season is, is the fact that Vardy's in that stage where, you, like Chris said, you're suggesting next season he's Vardy's game time is going to get shrunk down more, but that's allowed this season for him to to flux himself in, play a few games while Vardy's been injured, get him get his confidence going, get his understanding of the English game um, there, and he can then concentrate more and hone in on developing that through the rest of the season and the off season and. Then we'll see a whole different animal in, in what Dak is capable of because we've seen his pace, you've seen how he's trying to adapt to the role he's been given and the instructions that Brendan's given him. I, I, I quite like him. Uh, I think one thing that Leicester fans really do suffer from, and maybe they need to go back and remember it, is our instant impact of saying, We need a Jamie Vardy, we need a Jamie Vardy, we need Jamie Vardy, we need a replacement, we need a replacement. May, may, maybe Leicester fans need reminding. Jamie Vardy was sat on the bench in the championship contemplating giving up football. And that was that's that's a far cry from a player who's 
you know, been in the Ballon d'Or contentions, won a Golden Boot, and won and achieved all he's achieved individually and with the club. You know, you're think you're talking one of the players that's going to be known as one of the greats of the Premier League strike forces. I'm not talking a top ten or a top twenty by any means. That's a matter of opinion of everybody else to, to to kind of debate what they think of him. But he's going to be well remembered as as a very co- good quality Premier League striker. And we're talking about a guy, like I said, who was in the division below, sat on the bench thinking, yeah, yeah maybe I'm not. In, instrumental in your team who won the league as well, Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Massive, massive reason why he won that league. Yeah. And, and, and even then, the and, and Brad, he was sat next to Harry Kane as well, wasn't he, when he was yeah, thinking he was. that? But look, look, <laughs> Harry it, Kane was the it, same. Yeah. And if, if, if only there was, if only there was a, a, a competition or maybe even a national thing where both these strikers could play together up front together and, and could cause <laughs> mayhem. Oh, well, it's not, it's not like Roy Hodgson messed that up by playing one left wing and, and one up front on his own. But I digress from that. But yeah, maybe less fans need to maybe realise the struggles that Jamie Vardy had, the development he went through, and where, and, and, and you know, he didn't just arrive at Leicester, score 30 goals, score 20 goals, score 20 goals, score, you know, like he has been doing recently. Um, he had them seasons where he doubted himself and he had to, you know, Nigel Pearson infamously put his arm around him. Uh, I think it was before we were playing Blackburn and he put his arm around him, he talked him around and he gained, he regained his confidence, he worked on him. In a headlock? In a headlock? Yeah. He loves a headlock, doesn't he? He loves offices and headlocks, as old Nigel. Um, but no, he put his arm around him, built his confidence, and it's something we've praised Brendan for, ironically, in comparisons with what how he handled Madison and whatnot. But he then went and played Blackburn, ironically, and scored. I think he he, he scored a goal against Blackburn, and it, we know what happened since then. If you do that with Dakar, and you're allowed to take the limelight off him, because the one thing that certain players have struggled with is the immediate... Is he going to replace Vardy? Is he going to be good enough? But that's the um, way football's come, hasn't it? It's yeah, instant results yeah, now. Instant. Long, long gone are the days where someone like an Alex Ferguson gets years and years to kind of build a team and players get time to adjust to leagues. Yeah. Now, instant, instant, instant. And uh, simply, as I said, Vardy is a very underrated. He'll leave a massive gap for Leicester to fill when he does leave world class for me. Um, and, and Chris, yeah. I know you've got to head off. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, before you go, a no couple of things. So firstly, predictions for the game. We're not going to win it, um, but we're, but I'm we're, I'm just being a realist here. Um, you know, if you use, if you said to me, you know, we will you take you know a loss against Tottenham and a win against Roma? Of course, I bloody would, you know. But so we're not going to win it, but I can't I can't predict that you'll win it. So I'm going to have to go for a draw. Uh, after everything that we said, that the uh, odds would all be the same as a seven-six, uh, and then last, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's about, we're about do a draw. We're all about do a draw. Yeah, and, and lastly, uh, you got your own YouTube channel, Lesson Slide Eye. Uh, it's yep. in the description, uh, but yeah, <clears> tell people a little bit about your channel. Yeah, Lester Till I Die TV. You'll find me on there most nights, along with the the other guy in blue there, Brad, um, who uh, who supports me a lot. Uh, yeah, get over there. We we don't just do uh, Leicester. I mean, we've got on Monday night. We've got two shows. One is a review of the Premier League, and one is a, a new show I'm doing, which is a review of the Spanish, German, Italian, and French league. So there's a lot of non Leicester stuff in there for people as well. Uh, but yeah, if you yeah if you're not done yet, please get over there, give us a sub. I'd much appreciate it. And thanks for having me on, and make sure you oh, you sub to this guy as well. 
Yeah, it's a great channel, Chris. Leicester Till I Die. So make sure you yeah. go and hit the subscribe on that channel. And I say, if anybody that. knows a Spurs fan who's not going to the game that wants to join me on a watch along, push them my way. Excellent. Yeah, if, if, if you, uh, you've got uh, Chris's Twitter handle there, uh, that's in the description as well. So if you are free, Spurs fan free for watch along, uh, give him a message. And then, uh, yeah, if and if <laughs> and if he's already got someone, then you've got a free watch along to watch as well. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Chris, for coming on. And uh, yeah, problem. I would say Thanks good luck on Sunday. I don't mean it, but um, exactly. Well, like you yeah. beat me to it. I'll, you yeah. beat I'll, me I'll, to I'll, it. I'll say good luck for the Conference League because it would be good to see you win that. Uh, yeah. But can I just say, it's just get you wondering what that is behind me there. That's the Premier League trophy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, no, no, you want us to beat Roma now. <laughs> <laughs> that outrageous. What an outrageous <laughs> slur. Ha- I, I was in my comments slightly, Chris. It was fantastic having you on. You <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Take so care, guys. All the best to you all. Stay safe. Cheers, mate. Easy, Cheers, mate. Guys. Take it easy, man. Right, and uh, <laughs> what a fantastic little parting shot! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, simply Ace has uh, predicted Leicester will win the conference league. But uh, Sean, uh, just before we get to subs- uh, subscriptions, uh, predictions, uh, a message on this guy Skip's probably going to miss the rest of the season. Huge miss, I think. Certainly in the Brighton and Brentford games, he's the kind of player I think who has the mentality to go, Well, the game isn't working here, I'm gonna take the game by the scruff of the neck and I'm going to make it work for us. I think he's a huge miss. But um, and, and as well as Spent and Kuhn Hoiberg have been, I think his mentality will be they have been good, but they're not as good as me. So I think Conte or whoever the manager is has got a real, real good three in midfield there who, if they want to play two, you've got three people fighting for it. And, and I mean, how big of a miss has he been and how big can he actually get? Yeah, I, I think, I mean... I know that that news came out yesterday that it was confirmed, but I think we all knew a few weeks back that that was the case. Um, so it's not a surprise. He, listen, the, the kid is, uh, it's, it's, um, it's great to see he signed a new contract as well. I think he was only earning £16,000 a week, which to us is all, I'm sure, probably. Yeah, I mean, like, that would do me. If anyone's yeah, watching yeah. wants yeah. to give me £16,000 yeah, yeah. a week, I wouldn't be happy. If anyone's got to go and stand and wants to give it away, then I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that, like I say, to, to all of us, that's uh, mind blowing money. But to a footballer, you know, that was that's an in- incredible, uh, you know, incredibly low no- a low number for someone who's, a, who's proven to be a premiership level standard. It's great to see him getting a new contract, sign on for the next five or six years. I think next season he has, uh, as long as he gets his injury, you know, sorted out. And it's a weird one because the injury wasn't something. He got that an was... infection, didn't he? Yeah, which, uh, 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 was after the injury. Uh, but yeah, and then something <laughs> else has happened, you know. But I, I just, I just generally think his his uh, ceiling is far higher than someone like, say, Hoiberg. I love Hoiberg. Mm. This is not a slight on him, but I think Pierre and Hoiberg is kind of we know what we can get from Pierre, and. It's usually good enough. He's a great player, a great servant of the of the team. But I think uh, I don't think we're ever really going to be surprised and go, "Wow, I didn't see Hoiberg kicking on to this next level next season." Whereas I think with Skip, the ceiling is you know way way higher, and I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he's going to be uh, a, a real a real class uh, long term servant for the club. With you know the sky's the limit for him. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, shame you can adapt to player, can't you? At 21 years old, you can adapt to player. 
It's as simple as that. Skip is done for sure, Bobby K says. At least for the season, possibly some pre-season. Shame. Our medical team is worse than our scouting department. I mean, where where can uh, Skip get to, Tommy, for you? Oh, I rate this guy so, so highly. I mean, obviously, he was massively influential in Norwich getting promoted last season. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons they've done so badly this season. They replaced him with Gilmore, who was supposed to be fantastic, on loan from Chelsea. just hasn't worked, has it? I mean, they lost Buendia as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think he was huge in their promotion uh, push last season. He only missed one game or two games, something like that. So, uh, yeah, he was instrumental in that. And when, when I say, I don't want to go, but I'm just going to talk about it briefly. I'm just going to mention him briefly, but... When I watch Emerson, I see nothing. There was no potential there. You look at him and you think, there's there's nothing here. There's no, no trait here where I think this guy potentially get. There's nothing. And then with, with Skip, there's everything. I see him grow in the first month, even through games. That first game against Man City, he, he, he was terrible for the first 15 away. minutes, wasn't he? And he, then uh, he, he, he dragged himself into that game. I was looking back over the game. I used to, on, on a Monday, I don't do it now, but I was going through the game and I was taking a few screenshots and, and, and seeing where maybe we went wrong and where we got things right. And yeah, he could have given away three penalties in the first 15 minutes, but he didn't go hiding. He did not no, go hiding. No. He carried on. He wanted the ball. What, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. We went on to win the match. It was phenomenal. It was fantastic uh, for the rest of the first half and, and, and for the second half. And it's the same over the season. Just developed first half of the season. Every game is just developing. And he certainly can, I agree, can offer more than Hoybier and Bantanka. I think he offers more now in terms of uh, on attacking he's, side. He, he, he's on the right wing. Christmas, I saw him on the right wing. He offers more now <laughs> injured than there. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Um, so, but but what I'm worried about is the injury. As soon as I heard it, was it was one of these weird ones. It's one of these really weird ones that you, yeah. you don't really hear about. And then you heard the infection. You're like, he's out for the season. As soon as you saw the infection six weeks ago, you'd be silly not to predict that he'd be out for the season. And that's exactly what's happened. Very odd time to give him a new contract. I have to say, he, he absolutely needs the contract. But we but do they, things at odd times. We really, they must, really do. They must know that he's going to be okay. Because if there was an ele any element of doubt, like, is he going to be with the player that he Well, was, they thought Doherty was going to be okay. They thought Doherty was going to be okay three times in the same game. And uh, that didn't work out, did it? They probably aggravated it even more. So yeah. the medical team, as Bobby, or Bobby K says, is, is not good. Our medical team is not he's good. Also yeah, said he definitely needs K a bit of a. Definitely needs a bit of a. Uh, but do, do you know how much he's on? Because uh, you said he was on six. I wasn't even aware he was on sixteen grand. Uh, he was on sixteen. Do you know what he's on? I think. I heard forty, but yeah, oh. somewhere between. Well, that's, basically that's terrible. If he's only on forty k, he's on less than winks. Still, because think we'll yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably got a bunch of performance bonuses. I'm sure it's got all those things in it. You know, I, I've got. Um, yeah. A really Two good years. friend of yeah, so not, years, to, not to get off the topic, but uh, a yearly wage rise. You could have a yearly wage yeah, rise. Yeah, yearly wage it? rise and performances, and of course they'll they'll, re they'll review it. But I actually um off a bit off topic. I've got a guy coming on my, my channel, a good friend of mine is a Liverpool fan, and I want it because he's he's massively mad about Liverpool as much as we are about Spurs or um or bad is about Leicester. But uh, I've got him to come on to explain to me how Liverpool can can because they've got such a strict wage structure. And yet they can still find a way to afford and and convince people like you know maybe Salah to stay or but like you know, like some Mane and stuff. The, and it's the, all this. around performance, but it's all around like Mane might only get paid 120 grand a week, 150 grand a week, but every time he bags a goal, he gets paid 30 grand. And I don't know why Tottenham don't 
like shift our structure towards that, like incentivize more. I think we do, though, don't we? But Liverpool are similar to United. They're such a huge club. They can attract. Like you look at Diaz, for example. He's already said, hasn't he? Tottenham could have offered me whatever. If Liverpool yeah. are interested, I want to go to Liverpool. So yeah, of course. Liverpool yeah, could yeah. have offered less. Yeah, would have gone he there. wants to go yeah. to Liverpool, and that's True. because yeah. of the pull of Liverpool. So I, I can only assume we've got performance bonuses as well. Um, I think Skip certainly would have it. You know, he'd get his forty-five yeah. grand, uh, and then every year he'll go up a little bit if he performs. If he plays twenty games, he'll get up to fifty. Every player, player will have. Every player will have, but not to the degree that Liverpool have by the sounds of things. Yeah. which is yeah. it's certainly worth looking at. It's certainly worth looking at. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a few comments here. Bobby K, a couple from him. Wingbacks, midfield, two priorities over summer, which means we'll sign two wingers and a 21-year-old player for the future. We don't need to get into the transfer window. I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Also goes to say, Tommy, keep the faith. We will hire the cheapest medical professionals we can next season. So hurt players will only play 40 minutes, extra extra minutes, not 60. And simply, Ace, I agree with Tommy. We'll give out contracts at strange times. Let's hope Skip turns in full health. It's not limited as some players don't return the same. Uh, we won't know that until next season, but uh, let's move on to the prediction. So, Brad, Chris was very positive in saying that Leicester will not win. Uh, what are your predictions for the game? Score predictions, how it will pan out. I, I'm a coward. I can't give score predictions. Uh, can't tempt too much fate. So, I'll just say that I think Spurs will win because I think the game will be open. Uh, but uh, how do you see? You did that same ploy on my channel when I met you in uh, outside the number eight. Oh, man. he's done it for a year, mate. I've known Chris for a year. He's done it for a year. Well, unlike unlike Tottenham, then I'm consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Brad, uh, predictions for the game? Uh, I think it'll be as it as per it normally is when when these two sides meet. I think it'll be entertaining. I think there'll be a lot of energy and a lot of a lot of attempts towards a goal. Who knows? Spurs might even get one on target this week. Um, <laughs> Parting shots! Parting shots! Know, right? on. shots, which is probably more than we've fired over recent games as well. And so, just to be fair. So, um, Very good. But, Very good. but no, all, all joking aside, I, I do see goals in the game for both, both sides. Um, our record away from home against you guys isn't entirely brilliant. Um you know, we've picked up more wins than we usually have over you. We don't be able to fight games. I think if you look at our history throughout, especially the Premier League eras in the nineties and now, we actually do quite well against each other. Don't we? we kind of, we kind of like two colliding forces. You know, we generally close. There's to... never usually like a four 0 or an absolute thumping. They're generally quite close and high scoring, yeah. and both teams scoring generally. Yeah, there's a part of me that's still not forgiving you and is still bitter about about what happened at the King Power. So I kind of want to say that Vardy bangs in a 96-minute winner against you and and we, you know, we get level on the 90th minute. But honestly, I think I think Brendan's management for the game and the way he'll set the players up has us going for because you'll have players out there that we hope sneak in the back door of that lineup for the for the Roma game. Obviously if they can perform really well, there'll be no reason he won't consider them. But you'd be thinking sort of maybe how you know, and I know you guys don't know this because you've not been in it since the start of the season, but when you prepare for a European game, you kind of take the worst <laughs> of the world. Right. <laughs> and Leicester maybe will go... Leicester will maybe go into this looking at a worst-case scenario going, 
I wish I was that accurate with firing arrows, mate. Yeah, if, 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 we batter you on, if we batter you on Sunday after all this, you're coming back on this channel. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm coming to your channel. With my head down. I'm coming to your channel, Brad. Like that, we, won back, we, we won him back on. <laughs> I'm not sure he'll, he'll agree. I'm going to come and find you on full-time yeah. focus. Let you know exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We know it's in Manchester, and we know that's in Manchester. Let me just change that name. Let let me just change that app so you get the wrong account. Are are you related to Scotty M? Simply, you related to Scotty M? That is so bad. Yeah, Yeah, score predictions. I think I think Spurs are going to edge it. I'm going to go three two. I'm going to go for a happy game that we kind of go. Well, we lost, but we didn't get battered. All right, now we go and focus on Roma. I'd take that. Yeah, we would as well. Uh, Sean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that um, the Roma game on Thursday is going to be, um, uh, you know, in the back of their minds. So I feel like I don't think Leicester are going to put in maybe the crunching tackles that they would otherwise do. No one wants to get sent off or, or not, that, that, not that that would make a difference, but no one wants to get injured or anything like that. So I just think Leicester are going to be a little bit like maybe distracted. And so I still think it'll be a high scoring game. I think you'll probably see, you know, four goals or more. I'm going to go 3-1 Tottenham, but I think it'll be closer than the scoreline looks. Uh, but I do, I do think Tottenham are going to get back on winning uh, on, on winning ways. And I hope that Leicester come and play their, their football rather than setting up to play against Tottenham. I hope they just focus on themselves. And if they do, then I think Tottenham will have the upper hand on the day, but I do think it'll be one of those cracking. I think it'll be a cracking game. I just hope it's three ones first. Yeah. What, what do you think, Tommy? Predictions? I think, like I've said, Leicester will come and try and attack us, and I think that will open the game up for Kane, uh, Son, Kulu to do their stuff. Well, you know, when we play, you know, big teams, I can sometimes predict a draw when we play big teams. <laughs> uh, He's getting his arrow ready. He's getting back to a loose. You can argue. Yeah, you, can, you can argue they're not even good. You can argue Leicester are not even good. So, oh, I'm certainly going to... I'm certainly going to predict... Once, look, look. Once, let's face it. I like, I I like it. Leicester, but let's face it. Let's know, face Tommy, it. Tommy, when Vardy this retires, when Vardy retires... When Vardy retires and Tillemans comes to Spurs, I mean, you're a relegation fodder. Oh, this guy's got joke for Tillemans to Spurs. You're Sorry, a relegation you fodder. You're a relegation fodder. It's not even this, this lunchtime this on Friday and the, the, the banter's out in full form. This, this is Steve, Bruce, Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce shows this up is, in, what is it, 23, 24? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. This, this is Roy Hodgson comes out of retirement to save Leicester from relegation. 85. How old is Rodson now? Like, seriously. <laughs> I mean, this is big, this is big talk from the only thing that you're, you're, I mean, let me just remind you, Tommy, right? <laughs> you can't get a trophy for winning the North London Derby. No matter how many times you send that request, your trophy cabinet is still going to be collecting it, dogs. Well, I like Leicester. Come I like Leicester Take a drive down to Leicester and ask for a stadium tour, mate. You'll get to see all the silverware that you can't get. I mean, yeah. I do like I do like Leicester. I do like Leicester, but it's inevitable. It's inevitable, and and time will tell when when you start going down the Bolton route. It's yeah, it's just 100%. inevitable. So just you know, take advantage Leicester of it had now. Their little peak. 
They came out of nowhere. They had their peak, and now they're on the serious decline. And the competition is last Didn't you guys have your peak when you had Bale and then sold him, replaced him with Saldana? The next trophy you will compete for is the FA Vans trophy, Brad. And we still won it before you Vanarama. All joking aside, Bobby K says 2 1 Spurs, Kane's son, Barney with the consolation. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Tommy. Oh, look, I said, guys, really. It's all fun. I, yeah. I'm <laughs> gonna predict. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. As I said, they're not a good club. I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna go with two <laughs> on Spurs. Like I'm gonna, like gonna go with so no, no, no. I, I think. I think ball. whoever wins. I think whoever wins, the other keeps a clean sheet. So it'll either be. Oh well, you should predict his Spurs win. It'll either be nil nil <laughs> because that's what happens when Dyer plays. It was different. Dyer didn't play in a, yeah. in a back three. That was an exciting oh, I mean, game. It's not exciting. It, when Dyer it, it plays. is so amazing think, that you signed a player to spell your own team name, Dyer. <laughs> so I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be at least uh, two nil. Two, two it might be two nil Spurs, maybe three nil. Leicester could do the same to us. They could beat us one nil, two nil. But I'm going, I'm going on the Spurs side, obviously, and I'll go. Do you know what? I'll go, I'll go three nil. I'll go three nil, two or three nil. And Kane will get back scoring. It's been four games now. We need him. We need him back scoring. Bob, I, I, I Bob think... needs a Bob needs a little chance, a little <laughs> motivation to win his bet because he put he put a yeah. tenner on Kane being top goal scorer over oh, Salah. Salah will be yeah, yeah, going to happen now. Yeah. I, I think both sake. teams will score, but as long as we win, I couldn't really care less. Make now, a prediction, uh, Chris. Both teams will not score. I'll put my money on yeah. that. Both teams view, will not score. View from the South Stand, one all, Kane and Barnes. But uh, yeah, pretty much it. Pretty much it. Let's just hope we win. Uh, great banter, though. I love, I love the banter. Yeah, it's yeah. great fun. Absolutely great. You'll have to come on, on on Monday, Brad, if you're free. Chris as well, if he's free. Uh, but we'll come to that a bit later. Uh, I've got a work meeting in five minutes, so I'm going to have to wrap this up. But uh, yeah. Thanks to Chris, uh, Lester Till I Die TV. Make sure you check that out for coming on. Uh, thanks to everyone in the comments as well. Uh, please hit the like before you go uh, and a subscribe really helps. Uh, and yeah, all, all of these three guys got channels themselves. They're in the description, but we'll go through them. Uh, so Spurs Talk Show, uh, Sean, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just a, it's a it's a new channel. I've I've been going for since uh, since December. I'm at 960 subscribers, so I'm 40 away from the magical number of a thousand. So if anyone who's watching um, hasn't already, I'd love it if you could hit the subscribe button on my channel. There's two two different types of content. One is I take my dog for a walk every day around uh, around the um, the farmland around me and talk about whatever's going on, going on in the news that day. And then two or three times a week, I do uh, panel shows like this where we just talk about you know previews, reviews, and uh, we try and keep it lighthearted, play some games, and it's it's usually quite banterful. And um, yeah, not so not so serious. But Spurs Talk Show is where you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Excellent. So make sure to check that out. You know, Tommy is the Hotspur Hood, where we are on Mondays. Uh, so yeah, uh, tell us a bit about that, Tommy. Yes, uh, basically the Chris takeover on a Monday. I just want to say thanks ever so much for having me. Hit that like, hit that subscribe here, and let's talk Tottenham. And Marlon, Marlon's in the chat as well. He's the other guy that hosts on my channel, yeah, View from, from the, the South, South Stand. Stand. So yeah, Marlon does. One-on-one -on -one interviews, not straight after the game. Gives himself a little bit of time to get ready. So about, you know, four or five hours after the game. So Leicester will probably be about seven, eight o'clock when we beat him. He'll be, uh, yeah, he'll be doing his one-on-one uh, -on -one interviews there. So uh, make sure you watch mine because it's a little bit different. One-on-one -on -one, uh, interviews, uh, four, four uh, in the hour, different fans. So it's a little bit funky. And uh, as I said, of course, Chris, on a Monday. Tonight, I have a preview. I have my own preview. 
9.15, I think we're going to go. We've got Brian Dagle and a few others. So I'll make sure, um, make sure you, uh, you uh, check in for that if you're, uh, if you're available. Um, yeah. So, yes, you know, come on, you Spurs. We're going to win this. Yeah, absolutely. And Brad, uh, you've got a matter of opinion. Is that the name of your, your channel? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a new channel that I've started. You'll be able to find the link for it on my Twitter, which is at Full Time Focus. Uh, I've got an episode coming out next week. I'll be recording it on Wednesday. Um, it's called, it basically, we're discussing the idea of when or should women now be considered for men's football sides jobs when they when obviously when they're available and that. So it's an interesting topic that we're going to be talking about. Uh, like I said, it's on my, it's on my um, Twitter account if you want to go link to it. I haven't got these 400, 500 or 1,000 subscribers like you wonderful guys have. I've only got 77, so if there's three people out there that want to take pity on, on us or or just want to come and listen to a guy that knows what it's like to hold silverware, um, you know, get me up to 80 subscribers would be, uh, would be just brilliant. But, yeah, just check it out. The links, obviously, will be – thank you very much for having me on and saying you put it in the um, – in the description and down below but yeah if you just follow me on twitter send me a follow request the link is there to give it a click and give it a listen to and again thank you for having me on <coughs> oh no problem a pleasure to all of you and uh yeah i just hope you uh, are preparing for the uh, worst of uh, losing the game yeah i'm also preparing <laughs> yeah it's so, ironic everyone's it's ironic. in it's only since chris left it's only since chris yeah left. i know right? i'll get more <laughs> abuse when chris is there but i think it's ironic <laughs> with, um, it's very ironic that you have a, a, a YouTube channel walking your dog when it's surprising because Tottenham, Tottenham fans are holding on to a lead. It's a very different channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to wrap it up. I'm glad to wrap it up now. Sorry, mate. Sorry. I've, got, I've got to work, Very mate. good. Sister the man who was 2-1 up in 94 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much to Sean, Tommy, Brad and Chris as well. Make sure you check out all the channels that are in the description. Uh, please hit the like, please hit the subscribe, and then catch us half seven uh, UK time in the uh, PM on Tommy's channel. Uh, but until next time, let's hope we can beat Leicester, get ourselves back in the top four. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Very good. Thank you so much for watching and to everybody who joined in the live chat. Before you go, please leave a like, please hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. It's all free and you'll be notified when we go live. Anyone who missed the live stream, still watch the replay on YouTube and any comments, questions or suggestions on the comments there. For anyone listening to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anyone who wants that podcast, you get that wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, go to our Twitter or Instagram page on the screen. We'll be back on Monday on the Hotspur Hood YouTube channel. Give them a subscribe. We're there at half 7pm UK time. And we're on this channel, Let's Talk Tottenham, 12.30pm UK time again on Fridays. Until then, come.